Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. We're glad you're with us around the state, wherever you're tuned in. Bob and Kelly and Luke, we're at the Southern Bank Corps Studios out of Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon. That's where we're broadcasting the show. Opening segment sponsored, as it is every day, by our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue. It's a great place to take your family for a meal seven days a week. Also a great place to cater your next event. Lots to talk about today. Basketball is underway. The Lady Eagles are about to tip off uh, in the uh, Conference USA uh, tournament. The, the men finished their season last night. We're going to talk about all of that. Southern Miss dispatched of number 18 Tulane easily last night. Sort of like Kelly Santa predicted, but uh, boy, it was uh, really not a very close game. Uh, the Golden Eagles now on the road to take on a really quality program in Dallas Baptist University. Should point out real quickly, though, that the Friday night game has been postponed. Uh, they'll play a doubleheader starting at 1 o'clock Saturday. Reagan Ratcliffe is the voice of the Dallas Baptist Patriots, and we're happy to have him on the Eagle Hour. Thank you very much for your time, Reagan. Glad to have you on our show. Absolutely, Bob. It's great to talk with you today. We're excited about uh, the Golden Eagles uh, playing Dallas Baptist. Those of us that follow college baseball, all the guys on this show are huge college baseball fans, so we, we know about the history and uh, really the the quality of your program. And uh, another good team uh, this year, you, you're coming off a super regional last year. Uh, you got a really high RPI. Uh, w- what are the Golden Eagles in store for? You know, your, your guess is as good as mine right now, to be honest with you. We're off to a a little bit of a sluggish start, uh, kind of surprisingly. It's six and six coming in this weekend. It's been up and down through the first twelve games. But as you know, in the game of baseball and college baseball, it's it's a marathon and not a sprint. And so, um, you know, opening weekend dropped two or three to Southeast Missouri, which was a really veteran ball club. I think a team that'll be really good this year. We dropped a couple of close one-run games in midweeks to Texas Tech. And then went out to San Diego last week against a really quality uh, San Diego team who had opened up and taken three or four from Oregon, and we went there and won one, two, or three. I think the one trend that really stands out right now, Bob, is this team has played a lot of one-run games. Uh, in fact, they played in seven of them out of the gates through their first 12, and, and they've struggled in those games. Uh, two and five record so far through one-run games, and really the, kind of the, the Achilles heel has been the, has been the bullpen. So that's some things that they've got to get sorted out, but – Playing about 500 baseball right now. Haven't quite lived up to expectations, but as you know, there's a long way to go in the college baseball season. Right. Lost a one-run game last night to Oklahoma. Am I correct? Eight to seven? Yeah, and it was a wild one. It was one nothing DBU going to the bottom of the fifth, and then a couple of walks, a hit batter, an error, and then about four just base hits led to a seven-run inning for Oklahoma. Got down 7-1. And then in the next half inning in the sixth, came back, hit a grand slam. We pulled it within one. And ended up having the uh, the tying run at third, go ahead run at second in the ninth, 
and uh, and just couldn't get it. Just couldn't get those well, runs across. Ended up losing another close one. Here's a here's a quick preview before the guys get in here of the series this weekend. If you take the top ten Division One baseball programs by wins since 2015, Dallas Baptist is number five with 270 wins. Southern Miss is number nine with 263. So Kelly Santer. Two high-quality teams going to collide this weekend. And here's the question that I want to know, Reagan, is we've, we've known about the, the quality of baseball that Dallas Baptist plays. And when I ask you this question, I mean it with all due respect. Certainly not a Power 5 school. You, you don't hear of Dallas Baptist really in any national media sense except for baseball. So how does baseball get to be front and center and the movie star on the Dallas Baptist campus? <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great question. You know, it's a program that, that turned Division One in 2004, so it's been a relatively short history at the Division One level. We were very fortunate. We, got, we were grandfathered in at the right time. You can't do this anymore. All of our other programs are Division Two, And so it's, it had been a, a really quality baseball program. You look back in the history books in the 90s and 80s, when they were playing at the NAI level, they were going to the NAI World Series regularly, but they were playing – you look back at their schedules, I mean, they were playing Texas and Oklahoma in those midweek-type matchups, and, and a lot of times we're on the right end of them. Uh, and then eventually made that jump to Division One. It, it's really what our, our program and, the, say, our athletic department and our university kind of hangs our, their hat on is, is the baseball program. They've done a tremendous job of, of recruiting, um, but developing talent is the big thing here. You know, it's, it's probably a little bit like – in terms of Southern Miss, I mean, you're getting great talent there, but it's it's what that coaching staff does with it. They, they do a tremendous job of developing talent, and uh, and the goal for for this program, the expectation is to to get to the postseason, and and they don't shy away from the talk of of going to Omaha. That's that's the next goal. That's the only thing that's not been accomplished, and they're hungry to get there. And and we were awfully close last year, but uh, it's excited to see what this team does does this season. Luke, get in here with uh, Reagan. Hey Reagan, let's talk some about your uh, your rotation. Uh, what is your weekend rotation? Has it been fluid? The same three guys been throwing. What can uh, the Golden Eagles look for out of the pitching this weekend for the Patriots? That's the that's the one part uh, of this team, at least up to this point, that has been it's been dependable. It's been steady, and that was the, probably the biggest question mark actually going into the season. We lost uh, our one and two in the weekend rotation. Dominic Hamill, who was a fourth round pick in the New York Mets last year, and then Red Coba went in the 12th round of the Astros, they were a big reason behind our success last year. So that was the biggest question is who's going to step in. A guy that you actually saw in 2018 in the Fayetteville Regional, Luke Eldred, uh, has been our Friday night ace. His dad, Cal, pitched at the big league level. Uh, in fact, is the pitching coach now for the Kansas City Royals. And he's, he's a super steady, veteran-type guy on the mound. He's not going to have a ton of punch-outs, but fills up the strike zone and kind of pitches to contact a lot of time. It's just, again, pinpoint command. I think he started his career without issuing a walk in his first 34-plus innings, and that, that trend has kind of followed him through. He rarely walks batters. Uh, and then another guy, Chandler Arnold, has been in the number two spot for us. And Chandler began his career a couple of years ago, a transfer from Odessa College. It was our number two starter, and then the COVID shut that season down. Last year came back as a reliever. And then this year, he's been up to 94, 95, really electric stuff. Uh, he, he is going to be a guy that, that will have a, a number, or at least the first three games has had a lot of strikeouts played. I think 25-plus, I think, leads our staff. Um, and then Jacob Metter has been our Sunday guy. Jacob is a transfer from TCU. 
super high energy guy on the mound. And we were excited to get him. You know, TCU is always a program that prides itself on great pitching. And Jacob we, was able to come to DBU through the transfer portal. He's a three-pitch mix guy, fastball that will be in the mid-90s, really sharp curveball that's a swing-and-miss pitch that he worked a ton on in the Cape Cod League this past summer. That was a pitch that he really didn't have a great feel for last year, but it's been a difference maker for him this year. And then the changeup is also a, is, is a swing-and-miss pitch. He's probably been the guy that, when you look at it with those three pitches, has uh, probably been our most electric yeah. guy on the mound to those first three games, first three starts. Bob, one thing Southern Miss pitching has to watch out for, this Patriot lineup already has 22 home runs on the year, three guys with four home runs. And, and Bob, Golden Eagles only have nine, so that Patriots <laughs> right. have hit double the home runs. <laughs> right. Uh, Ray, we're, you know, our guys, our fan base is excited about the Dallas Baptist. Do you think your fan base knows much about the Southern Miss baseball tradition? You know, absolutely, and you know our our fan base here is a, is a loyal fan base. And this, I'll be honest with you, this is a this is a series that when it came out, that I was super excited about. Just knowing the history of Southern Miss baseball, having played Southern Miss in the 2018 regional, they're well coached, obviously off to a tremendous start. And so there's a there's a lot of respect. I know within our fan base, uh, our loyal fans that we have here, uh, there's there's been a buzz about this series. This is one that they've they've talked about. They're excited about. Uh, I'm hoping we've got some good crowds. This is spring break yeah. on campus for us. All of our students are out of town right now, but hopefully coming back over the weekend uh, and hopefully you know better weather on Saturday and Sunday. But this this should be a great series. I know there's a ton of respect uh, from our coaching staff uh, with what Southern Miss has been able to accomplish through the years, and and really impressed with what with what the Golden Eagles have been doing through their first 13 games, and of course. Uh, a big win on Wednesday over a, a really quality two-lane program. Well, do you think there'd be any objection to us bringing Nick Sandlin back and letting him pitch against you <laughs> Friday night again just for old time's sake, Reagan? <laughs> no, no. We don't want to see Nick Sandlin. My goodness. I tell you, you know, we've we've been doing the broadcast. I think this is our 11th year to do the broadcast and watched a lot of Patriot baseball. I can say Nick Sandlin, I couldn't think of another pitcher that's been better than him, more dynamic. He was as dominant a pitcher on, on a big stage that, that we've seen. He was, uh, he was tough to watch that night. I wasn't a Nick Sandlin fan, but I, I am now. I mean, he was, uh, he was fun, uh, just incredible stuff. And, uh, you know, when I look at what he's doing at the professional level, just uh, I, I remember that game vividly and what he did that night against us in game one. I'm going to take that as a no. Is that correct? We're, <laughs> no. We're, we're that's an emphatic no with an exclamation. <laughs> hey, Reagan, thanks a lot for being on our show. We really appreciate it. Look forward to playing uh, against your fine uh, program out there, and uh, we hope that uh, hope we get all the games in and we all have a good time. Thank you for your time, sir. Absolutely, Bob. Thank you so much. All right. Reagan Ratliff, everybody. Play-by-play voice. Dallas Baptist Patriots. No Nick Sandlin. I think we got that pretty clear, Kelly. Well, there, there's he's one of a kind, right? And it would be great to have him back. But look, the pitching staff right now is clicking on all cylinders. No kidding. We're going to talk about last night's impressive win over Tulane when we come back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, many thanks to Reagan Ratcliffe, who is the voice of the Dallas Baptist Patriots, who the Golden Eagles will be taking on this weekend. Again, Friday night game postponed. They're expecting snow 
and 30-degree weather in Dallas. That'd make for a pretty miserable baseball mm. game. And hopefully they're going to play a doubleheader on Saturday. The, I think the weather's going to be out, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be in the 40s, I think, uh, upper 40s. But the Golden Eagles have been playing in that, so um, that should be okay. Second segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. We hope that's where you go to get all your Southern Miss apparel. It is where we go, and uh, we can tell you that it's the biggest selection anywhere you'll find and the greatest staff to help you make sure that uh, you look your best in Southern Miss wear. All right, Tanner Hall, what a dog. Pitched eight strong innings last night. Dustin Dickerson, hot as a firecracker. Three hits and a pair of RBIs. Southern Miss. Kelly, you were right. It, they made it look easy against number 18, Tulane. They beat the Green Wave 7-2, to two, fourth win in a row. It wasn't even close. It's all about pitching, Bob. It's all about pitching. You don't have to hit. You know, Luke was comparing, you know, Dallas Baptist home run hitters compared to Southern Misses. But Southern Miss is winning ball games without hitting home runs. When you have a pitching staff that has been top to bottom, as dominant as the Eagles have been so far, you're going to be in every game. You may not win all of them, but it's not going to take a lot of runs to win. Now, as, as Coach Ostrander told us on opening day, he wouldn't mind if the guys would help help out with, with right, a, a right. few runs every now and again. But so far, this pitching staff has just been flawless. Luke Johnson, Tanner Hall is a dog. There's just no other way to describe him. In the last uh, two starts, 15 innings pitched, nine hits, one run, which was unearned last night, one walk, and 21 strikeouts for, for Tanner Hall. He's just dominant. Yeah. It was uh, everything's working. Coach Barry told us about the, the changeup and, and how it almost operates like a slider, which is you know, most of the time a changeup is, is vertical. There's not much horizontal movement to it. If it does, it falls just a little inside. This thing's moving out. It, it's all over the place. We, we did have two long balls last night. Ewing hits one. Sargent yeah. hits his first of the year, which was good. But, yeah, when you when you talk about somebody that's red hot, you look at what Dickerson's doing. And on top of the top ten Sports Center play that he made last night. It was and most of the time when you yeah. when you three sixty, there's no way from your knees that you fire a strike. It's usually throw one you know in the dirt that bounces up. But at the bat right now, he's three forty seven. Seventeen hits. Four of those hits have been doubles. Nine RBIs. He scored seven runs and and he's slugging four twenty nine out of like the eight hole. So yeah, um, he, he in my mind is. One of the reasons right now, I mean, he's one of the top three reasons uh, with pitching that the Eagles are playing so good right now. But how about how about Slade Wilkes, three forty nine yeah. right now? Yeah, I read a stat last night, guys. I think through this point last season, the Golden Eagles right now have struck out forty less times than they have last year. And you remember, it took us into like late March, early April to get that that batting average up. They're batting two eighty three as a club right now. They're playing on all cylinders, Kelly. They look really sharp. Reese Ewing, I don't think you can overlook that kid. He's playing left field now. Another Pearl River no, guy. Another home run last night. Uh, just he's He's been outstanding. And when you look at – I know that people are kind of licking their chops of the fact that, that Dickerson and Wilkes still have a lot of tread wear left on their eligibility. But now remember, Division One, you can be drafted – you know, after your junior shh, year. Shh, so I'm just saying, well, well, all the coaches would say good for them, yeah. you know, if their program, if they develop to the point yeah. where they could get drafted. But that doesn't necessarily mean, of course, that you're going to have them for another couple of years, but they certainly are um, playing well. Just got a text from Coach Hill Denson. He's on his way to Texas for 
the Dallas Baptist series uh-huh. and says he's listening to us on the Super Talk app on his phone. Well, we love we love us some Hill Denson. He's uh, one of our favorite guests and one of our favorite people. You know, he's a fantastic guy. He coached a hundred and. 51 of those 163 games against Tulane, right? <laughs> That's right. And he's so and he's, We love you, Coach. And, and he's so funny. And I tell yeah. people what's even more remarkable is that he's sober. That's yes, right. and he, you know, he told us the last time he was on the show, he doesn't remember throwing a bucket of balls out on the infield one time. That Dr. Lucas mentioned it to him several times, but he just didn't know what he was talking well, about. Well, some of those people, you know, when they have a short circuit like that, they, they don't remember things. Hey, you talk Here. about that play that Dustin Dickerson made last night that, that Luke referenced. He's out in the grass of the infield when he snags that ball. It turns him all the way around. He's on his knees and throws a strike to first base. It was one of the most incredible plays I've seen a shortstop make in a long time, Luke Johnson. That kid is a baller. He is. And, again, we've talked about him and his the prowess he has and the influences that he has in his life, but just glad he's at shortstop. Hey, Jody Lott sends me a text, and this is a good point. With the game being moved to Saturday, does this change the starting lineup at all, particularly at the catching position? So does Rodrigo catch the entire game? Does he catch, you know, half of game two? What will the lineup look like? Particularly, you know, you could uh, you maybe could put Wilkes at first or Peto at first, Charlie Fisher and Wright, Charlie Fisher at first. You just wonder how that's gonna look. Yeah. Um, particularly if if uh, if Rodrigo I, I don't necessarily know if I would assume he's up for it and it's been done plenty of times, but right. man, I mean you start looking at how many games this dude's caught in a row? I, I would say this: A, it's probably a good thing to get Friday postponed. Think about it; they've had they've had a long stretch here for the past week. He certainly has, so this gives him another day to rest. Uh, his family actually is back in town and sat with us last night. His mother most of the night. Uh, she says he's fine. You know that he's a little sore, but he's excited, and he's. She says he's so happy to be here and so happy to be contributing. My guess. He catches both games Saturday. And and is it going to be a one game nine innings, one game seven? Is I it going to be? No, no, no. I think it's both nine innings. Okay. Yeah. Hey, okay. this ain't Conference USA ruling this thing. This is yeah. like real baseball. Uh, this young man, uh, his parents uh, have made it very clear to us that this kid's living a dream. And uh, you, you, I, I don't know. I think you'd have to put a team of horses on him to keep him off the field. And as far as Sargent is concerned, you know, working you know behind the plate and also playing first base, and I don't mean any disrespect to the guys playing first base, but if you had to prioritize your defenders, first base is like at the bottom of the list. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that can play first base. No disrespect again to the guys. Fisher can there. play there. Peto can play right. there. I mean, McGillis has played there before. Right. There, there's options. So so if you need to move Sargent, you know, to, to catch even four or five innings, yeah. you know, it, you're not going to give up Speaking a whole Speaking of Charlie Fisher, he comes in last night. Of course, he's, you know, he hadn't been hitting at all. Slade Wilkes has kind of taken right. his spot as the DH. Well, he came in with some body language last night. And he took the first pitch and laced it into right field. And they got on first base with a little more body language. I think that's a young man hungry to get back in the lineup and hit the baseball for Southern Miss. So I would think you'll probably see some effort to move Charlie Fisher back into the picture some. But what do you do with Slade Wilkes? I mean, he's one of the best hitters on the team right now. He is. Slade has by far earned the DH role. I mean, there's there's no way that – Every time he hits the baseball, it has an opportunity to go out of the ballpark. So, but, but you notice though, I mean, he is, 
he's hitting more line drives. Is that's the that's, that's what, what he hitting. needed to incorporate into that's his what game. He's hitting, and, yeah. And so the only the only way uh, if Peyto were to get in a um, you know somewhat of a of a, a slump, but I mean that's a young guy that we've been wanting to see get at bats. And it's just it's one of these cases, Bob. You've talked about it. It's about getting all these guys you know time on the field. And sometimes right, right. you've got you've got guys that could start for a lot of teams that you know are, are your next man up. Fisher well, could come in and play first. Am I right, Luke? If they yeah, if they that. wanted to move Sargent to relieve Rodrigo a little bit at catcher. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The first base position defensively, you're probably not going to give up a whole lot, no matter who you put in there. Right. And when you and, and this weekend, if it is going to be 40 degrees, Fisher's from Minnesota. He's yeah. played practically three quarters of his life in forty. He might degrees. come out in shorts. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, I would. I would assume Charlie would be the next bat in the lineup. Yeah. I'm not sure if Cedarberg's yeah. played first, but but that would be that would be it. Either Charlie goes to right, Peyto at first, or vice versa. If you needed to rest Rodrigo a little bit, well, you may need to rest him some. I'm not saying that you don't. I mean, I know it's a heck of a right. it's a heck of a strain. And I did hear last. I did hear her say that he's kind of sore. You know, but uh, but again, you know, he wants to be back there and thank win goodness the double header, win the series, and then all options are on the table. Sunday, yeah, I, right? Well, from what we just heard from Reagan Ratcliffe Friday, the first game will be the biggest challenge. That's apparently when they have their best guy. Yeah, but I, I get a kick out of both you and Luke because I think you know going into the season, you guys are kind of on edge. You know how You're I mean, just so confident, Sander, with the baseball team. I, like I said, I don't I don't know a whole lot about football. Oh, what, what was I, I on what, edge about? What is this? What I just I just think, I just don't think that you guys thought really deep. And it's just a, an observation. I just don't think that either one of you really thought deep down inside that they were going to be as good as as they are right now. They're really um, good right now. They're really good, and I, and I, Bob, Bob, the the baseball preview show that mm-hmm. we carried out to Pete Center when he was in there for the first interviews. He was outside drinking coke and, and eating some of the pizza. I mean, he didn't even <laughs> he didn't even know how he felt. Right? Well, I mean, somebody somebody claimed that the pizza had been contaminated. So I said, "Well, let, checking." Yeah, I said, "Let me try three or four pieces." Speaking of eating, you. real quickly, guys, I I hadn't been there in a while. I ate lunch today with my wife at Movie Star Restaurant. I'm gonna go home and take a nap after the show. But I got to tell you. Are you Thanksgiving stuff? That was pretty good stuff for <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good stuff. We'll be back. Place to enjoy a Hattiesburg lunch, 4th Street, right across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. And they bring you this third segment of the Eagle Hour on a gorgeous Thursday in South Mississippi. Beautiful spring day. Outside, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Bob Getty from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. All right, ladies win last night, guys. No question, uh, really, in, in any way about 
whether the Lady Eagles were going to win this one last night in uh, their second round game against FIU. And I heard it once, I heard it a dozen times. This is the first time that Southern Miss has won in the star in Frisco, Texas. Lady Eagles led uh, by a score of 44-25. to uh, Get out scored 16-11 in the third quarter, but close out the fourth quarter 23-19 to to defeat FIU by a score of 78-60. to A career night for Kelsey Jones. Not just a double-double, but a, a caps double-double. 24 points, 12 rebounds. For Kayla Gray, from West Jones, by the way, chips in 10 points, 7 rebounds, and uh, several other ladies um, in the high single digits as well. And uh, they take on now, just guys in, what, 21 minutes, they're, they're set to take on Middle Tennessee, who they lost to by 10 back on January 22nd by a score of 81-71. to 71. Southern Miss actually led at halftime in that game, so Coach Joy Lee McNellis looking uh, to get some revenge, but that was the key last night and 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 uh, guys bring y'all in on this what what i was kind of uh i don't know if something's wrong with malaya grayson she didn't start last night she only played 10 minutes but man kelsey jones stepped up with yeah. a career night and again guys we picked our poison last night we went with a big uh kelsey put that in and so you expect to see how middle tennessee might respond today well two stats that jumped out at me 50 points in the paint by the lady eagles and 26 assists on 32 baskets in that game yesterday. I watched most of that game in my office, and uh, they looked really, really good. Uh, so we really hope that uh, really hope they continue this at two o'clock on this afternoon. Looking at the rest of the bracket in Conference USA, you talked about that game coming up in just a few minutes: the Lady Eagles against Middle Tennessee. This bracket really bodes well for the Lady Eagles because if they beat Middle Tennessee today. Then they'll advance to the semifinal against either La Tech or UAB. La Tech is a one seed, UAB is a five. But the Lady Eagles have, have beaten both of those teams, you know, during the regular season. Right. So they know they can they know they can beat the next opponent because they've done it, which would then put them in the finals. All right. But looking at the rest of the bracket, uh, in the top part of the bracket, Charlotte, the, the number one seed from the east, plays Rice, the number four seed from the west. That that game, they actually tipped it off at 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, no report yet on the on the score. Then at 11.30 on the other court, you had third-seeded ODU, Old Dominion, from the east against North Texas from the west. All right, so those games should both be about over now. Okay, so and then at 1.30, just a few minutes ago, if they're on schedule, Louisiana Tech, the number one seed from the west, taking on... Um, UAB, the five seed from the West. And then at 2 o'clock, Middle Tennessee, the number two seed in the East against the Southern Miss Lady Eagles, uh, the number three seed. But you know, as because of that no contest malarkey, oh. they could have been a number one seed. Doesn't matter at this point. But again, the bracket to me looks good for the Lady Eagles if they get past this one today. Now, Charlotte actually has defeated Rice by a score of 59-53. to 53. Okay, no surprise there. So Charlotte's the number one seed. Charlotte's probably the best team in the league, most people would argue. So Charlotte advances to the semis against either North Texas or ODU. And North Texas has defeated Old Dominion 65-58. There we go. Okay, so you got you got the number one seed in the East, Charlotte, going up against North Texas, the two seed in the in the West, in one semifinal. And again, La Tech and UAB in one game, Middle Tennessee, Southern Miss in the other, and then those two winners would play each other right. in the semis. So go Lady Eagles. Last night the men's season ended 
losing 86-59 to Florida Atlantic. There was a short baseball game last night. I got home uh, in time to watch about the actually about the second half of the first half, if that makes sense. And the and the Eagles were right in it, man. I mean, they were six points down at halftime, but they got blown out in the second half, 86-59. I thought about what you said yesterday, though, Kelly. I mean, they finished the year 7-26. and 26. That's dreadful, of course. But you know what? Those young men were playing hard down to the final buzzer, even though the game and the season was over. I saw no quit in them whatsoever. And I and there are people that, that criticize us personally. They say, well, you guys are homers for Jay Ladner. Look, I make no I make no qualms about I like Jay Ladner very much as a person. He's a friend. We go back a long, long time. Right, and people who make the decision on his job performance, I'm glad it's not me. But I'm just right. saying one of the things when people have to make decisions as to whether a coach should come back or not is has he lost his team? Yeah. I don't think they I don't think I he don't has. Think the so. guys are playing hard. Played hard, Luke, but boy it was a painful year. Seven and twenty six, one and seventeen in the league. Last night was a microcosm of the season. They're only down by six um, at the break, thirty five twenty nine. And then in the second half, Golden Eagles go ice cold. They yep. shot 42% from the field in the first half. Second half, they shoot 29%. And in the second half, they go 1 of 10 from the three-point line. On the other hand, FAU got red hot. They shot yeah, 66% in the second half from the floor and shot 6 of 11, 55% from the three-point. And that's why it kind of got out of stretch. Eagles would miss one, and, and FAU would go down and hit a three or, or just right. begin to pile up the points. And you remember how we've talked about these? It's been a game of runs all year long, and there's one spurt of about Same thing happened last night. Yep, six or seven minutes with the men that they just fall apart. And, and uh, FAU went on a 22-3 to three run. Yeah. And that put it away. It helps when you have a 7-2 guy in the middle. The guy was a giant. A good-looking 7-2, too. Not I mean, he's, 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 not was, a, he's a player. Yeah, bro. he's not a beanpole. He's in there you know, with, no, with some meat on him. He's a strong kid, and, yeah. and he, he was he was, <laughs> he was was pretty impressive. There's no doubt about that. So the rest of the bracket for the on the men's side, the first game is at 5.30 this afternoon. North Texas, the number one seed from the West, will take on Rice. Rice is the lowest seed still in the men's tournament. Rice is fifth, a five seed from the West. That's a 5-30 game. Then on the other court at 6 o'clock, it'll be Western Kentucky, the number two seed from the East, against Louisiana Tech, the number three seed from the West. Those are the two early games. Then the late games in Frisco tonight. The first one starts at 8 o'clock. Middle Tennessee, the number one seed from the East, will take on the Miners of UTEP, the number four seed from the West. That's an 8 o'clock game. And then the finale tonight, the number two seed from the West, UAB, takes on FAU after they beat Southern Miss last night. FAU, the number three seed from the East. That'll be an 8-30 game. And, of course, the winners will move on to the semifinals. That's the Conference USA men's basketball update from Frisco. All right, it's all over, all over Luke. So uh, what do you think we see in the next few days? Something. <laughs> A decision one way or the other. So it will be uh, – I would think that if they decide to move on, you will know that pretty quick. If they, you know, if you don't hear anything, probably, probably, uh, you know, another year for for Coach Ladner. We we don't, you know, make those decisions, and uh, we will support whatever decision is made. Let me make one more comment about the women. So we we said this yesterday about the men, but it's true also at at the start the, at the Frisco in Frisco. So you don't get to practice on the actual game floor. Not for a shoot-around, not for anything. Middle Tennessee had the double bye. And so in some ways, you know, later in the game, 
Coach McNellis was able to sub some people in, and, and so it wasn't like – because that wasn't a, a nail-biter, you were able to, throughout the game, rest some. And I don't know if that figures into why Malia Grayson you know, didn't play as much as what she usually does. But the Lady Eagles have played on that court. And, and remember sometimes, and Kelly, you can speak to this too, sometimes in these like you know setups where it's not a basketball arena – these these baskets can be just kind of set up in kind of the middle of nowhere, you know, in regards to what a, a normal arena is. And sometimes there's a, a lack of depth perception. And then people have spoken about that before because there's sometimes you're so far away from the stands or the way the building is set up, it's hard to get an aim. So with all that said, maybe that doesn't mean anything at all. But I, I do think the Lady Eagles, because they got to play last night on this court, have a little advantage, at least in the atmosphere today. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. But Conference USA, ironically, you know, the players have said, well, we're so far away from the crowd, we can't hear them. Well, Conference USA says you can't hear them because... There is none. <laughs> they're playing... Isn't that the Dallas Cowboys training facility that they're playing at? I, I, for some reason, I think that's right. In Frisco, Texas? For some reason, I think that's a, a Cowboy... Am I wrong about that, Luke? I have no idea. And if I say something... Our friends out there in a certain place might bring it to our attention. Yeah, by the way, Sander, I'm getting blamed for something oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, allegedly yeah. said. Yeah, I, yeah, whatever. Actually, you never said it. You know what's the funny thing about it? You know who actually said the thing that's creating so much friction? I think it was Coach Barry. It was Scott Barry yeah. who actually said it, yeah. So take it up with him. See what you get out of him. So the Ford Center at the Star was used as a practice facility for the Cowboys. There we go. There we go. See? I know these things. Wow, that I, I know these things. That's impressive, Gary. I'm like Kelnack. You just who, by the way, <laughs> who by the way, has agreed to a return engagement. We we have located Kelnack. He didn't get very far on hump since the last <laughs> yeah. time he was here. Well, his his assistant his assistant tried to uh, give him all the answers ahead of time. Yes, but we're and, not going to let the assistant stumbled out of the back. gate just a yeah, little bit. Stumbled yeah. out of the gate. Hump the wonder camel doesn't move too quickly. You know, <laughs> so. In the not-too-distant future, the man from the East will be back. Kelnack will rejoin the Eagle Hour. And we'll rejoin the Eagle Hour after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment, as always, brought to you by DBAT and D1. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour from our good friends on Hardy Street. DBATHattiesburg.com is the website. Great training, great instruction, great facilities. D1 training and DBAT in Hattiesburg. Lady Eagles set to take on Middle Tennessee in about seven minutes. Uh, the starting five, the same as yesterday. Allman, Davis, Smith, Gray, and Jones. Kelsey Jones last night, 24 points and 12 rebounds. And uh, Coach McNellis will uh, throw those five on the floor, and hopefully the Lady Eagles will advance um, going forward and see if they can get to the semifinals of the Conference USA Women's Championship track and field tomorrow. The NCAA indoors. 
getting ready for uh, some high jumpers uh, tomorrow. So uh, good luck to those guys as they compete, and they will start, turn around in a few weeks and start the outdoor season. All right, Kelly, RPI, always something that we like looking at. And, and I mentioned earlier, this may be one of the biggest series this weekend because uh, the Eagles jumped last night, and their opponent this weekend, Dallas Baptist, is, is pretty high as well. What well, Dallas Baptist, 21st in the overall RPI. Southern Miss is 23. So, I mean, they can't ever say that RPI, you know, if RPI is indeed a factor, they're, they're sitting pretty. But let's take a look at the, the Massey ratings in baseball. First of all, there's, there are 39 different conferences, Division I conferences, 39. The Sun Belt right now, according to the Masseys, is the 12th best conference out of the 39 in college baseball. Conference USA checks in at 14th. So you see pretty comparable. All right, breaking down the Masseys in Conference USA, Southern Miss is the top-ranked team according to the Masseys. They come in 35th, 35th. Charlotte comes in second at 50. Then comes Louisiana Tech at 52. A reminder that there are 301 teams, 301 teams at the Division I level. So Southern Miss 35th, Charlotte 50th, Louisiana Tech 52nd, UTSA 53. Then comes Old Dominion at 69, Florida Atlantic at 90. And then kind of the also-rans, Marshall at 126, UAB at 143. But those are all still in the top half. The only teams in the lower half are Western Kentucky at 174, FIU is at 200, Middle Tennessee at 202, and Rice at 213. Interestingly, the Massey also has a matrix to project based on the performances so far and based on your future schedule. They have the way in their matrix of coming out and projecting what your win-loss record is going to be for the regular season. And they have projected that Southern Miss, when in the, all the dust clears at the end of the year, will be 28-13, and 13, which I think is not as good 28 as... 28 and 13. Yeah, I, I would have them rated you know better than that based on the current the, the way that they're pitching right now in particular. But they have Charlotte coming in at 29-14 and 14, and La Tech at 29-13. and 13. Now, other Massey ratings on some of the opponents that Southern Miss... Uh, has played, or teams of note, Ole Miss is sixth in the Massey ratings nationwide. We mentioned Southern Miss as a point of reference at 35th. Tulane, 38th, coming into yesterday. Dallas Baptist, 46th. So you see you got a 35 and a 46 going up this weekend, which is, to Luke's point, probably the, the keynote series of the weekend. South Alabama, 71st. Mississippi State, 73rd. That's what I like about the Massey ratings, too, is forget national championships and all that. Right. It's based on current performance. And then Louisiana Lafayette at 77. But those are all really good teams, and all of them well within the top 100. How many in the Division One baseball teams? 301. So if you're if you're in the top fifty, you're sitting pretty good out of three hundred baseball teams. And right now you've got four Conference USA teams. You know Southern Miss, Charlotte, La Tech, and UTSA all right there. And any of those fifty teams could beat any any team in that top fifty on a given night. I believe. Oh, particularly in baseball, right? Right. Nobody, nobody's unbeatable in baseball. But I'm telling you right now, if Coach Ostrander, if those twenty one guys stay healthy on that pitching staff, and he can mix and match. And a little, a little pinch of this, a little dash of that, pitching-wise. You don't know what could happen. But hey. Southern Miss is going to be really tough to beat. Oh. How, about, how about our future conference mates, the Texas State Bobcats, who right now in the Warren Nolan RPI are fifth. They took down number one Texas last night, 6-4. to four. Wow. 
I'll tell you another interesting score last night. North Alabama, we all remember them, beat Alabama last night in baseball. Oh, Not in football. Not in football, Kelly, in, in baseball. And you know what? North Alabama probably doesn't have to win another game all year. You don't, can you imagine how can you imagine how exciting that was for those kids? Oh, well, they Alabama, jumped, they Alabama jumped 36 points. Alabama will have six or seven excuses. Yeah, as to why. Oh, yeah. oh well, you remember last year what Bo Hennon said after he pitched? Well, we, you know, we didn't see the type of pitching uh, that that yeah, we're uh, pitching uh, like that shouldn't be able to shut us down. Uh, well, it did. Well, it did. And you're going to yeah, see it in a couple yeah. weeks. too. And I think Mississippi State fans had some of the, some of those excuses. What he's going to actually see in, in in a week? I think it's next week. He's going to see a pitcher that's going to shut him down. A pitcher that's going to shut him down. And it won't matter what the pitcher's name is. <laughs> It'll shut no, them down. I think, yeah, I think you're right. They look really good right now. You're yeah, right. and you remember when you guys were talking about this particular stretch? Yeah. And kind of off the ear, you're going, right man. Now, if, right now they're breezing if, it. If you can emerge from this at four and four or five. Yeah, at the, right now they're breezing it. Yeah, yeah, they really are. They are. Great good, job last night. Great good, job. Good for them. Hey, good luck to the Lady Eagles this afternoon. We're with you, Coach Joy, and uh, we hope tomorrow we can report on another victory. That wraps us up. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, Southern Miss. To the, to top. the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.